Hey guys, and welcome to Roman Go Lightly, a podcast for creative adventures. Listen, you and I have a lot in common. Like you, I'm a working person and I have real world responsibilities. But despite living that nine to five grind, I still want to live that adventurous creative lifestyle we all crave. So how can we do that? Well, that's why I'm here. Roman Go Lightly is a podcast and blog that believes in local adventure and everyday creativity. Because listen, adventure doesn't require a plane ticket and creativity is beckoning and it's for everyone, even us working people. Join me each week as I pick the brains of some of the coolest makers and seekers out there to find out in what small ways we can infuse their practices for inspiration and adventure into our daily working lives. You in? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Roman Go Lightly. I'm Laura and this is our most anticipated episode of season one. I knew when I started to make this podcast, I had a list of guests that I would love to include, and this person was number one. She is Amanda Marco of Truve Magazine, and if you haven't heard of Truve, it's a biannual print magazine. They also have an online component, but their print magazine is sold in all of these beautifully curated little shops, and her magazine is all about celebrating the creative lifestyle. So as you can imagine... Um, that is directly aligned with what we do here at Roman Go Lightly, and it's something that I knew I had to reach out and ask to see if Amanda wanted to chat with us. So Amanda Marco is with us, and she's going to talk to us about inspiration, how she celebrates the creative lifestyle, her creative community, and how she uses travel as a muse for her art form, which is in the publishing industry. This is a great episode if you are interested in maybe starting a magazine or if you are someone who wants to celebrate a creative lifestyle of your own. Amanda is your girl and she is a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic representative of what we believe here at Roman Go Lightly. And I'm so honored that she was able to join us for this episode. So I am done chatting. I'm going to let Amanda take it away. Here we go. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Laura, how are you? I am great. I'm so excited to talk. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, having me. This is exciting. Have you ever been in a podcast before? I have not. Wow, I'm really surprised. I feel like you would be getting rolling in for some podcast interviews. I feel like it's a new medium. I feel like it's it's definitely like a, a new way of storytelling, which is really exciting. But I'm glad I'm your first first uh, podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous. Let's just get into it. So um, let's, oh my gosh. So where do we even start? You are the creator, editor, and publisher of Truve Magazine, which is all about um, celebrating the creative lifestyle, and each biannual um, different magazine is focused on a specific element of the like creative process, and it's such a really, really awesome and beautifully tailor-made. Each page is so gorgeous and thoughtful and intentional um, magazine. So I just want—I always like to get my fangirl out first. So. <laughs> Very much. That's very, very, very nice of you to say that. No, it's um, it's been quite the journey, but yes, it is published twice a year. That's about all I can handle right now, and it's pretty much ad-free. So, I mean, each one of the 128 pages is really filled with just content. So, it's definitely um, time-consuming producing it as an army of one, but very fun. It's like the most beautiful magazine there is, though. So, I mean. That's really nice. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. So, if you could tell the guests, like, who you are and what you do, if they have never heard of Truve or you before, what would you tell them? 
Um, well, Trouvé is a biennial magazine celebrating the creative lifestyle and those who live it. Um, that's kind of a, a slogan or tagline, if you will. But, I mean, it really encompasses exactly what's in the magazine. It's a magazine that celebrates creativity, whether it be cooking, fine art, painting, drawing, calligraphy. It celebrates all of it and kind of brings it all together under unique themes, each issue. Um, and I'm the designer, uh, editor, finance person, all of it wrapped into one. Uh, so I do everything and then self-publish it. You're like the head honcho. You're the CEO, right? You're like the woman. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, I guess when, when were you sort of realizing that you had a passion for the arts and celebrating the arts? Well, I mean, I graduated from college with a bachelor's in graphic design and a minor in English. And um, I did some internships and out, you know, right out of college work at ad agencies. And I really did like that um, piece of graphic design. Um, and then, you know, as I got married and moved around for my husband's job, I ended up working for quite a few years um, as a senior graphic designer for a sportswear company. So um, I did a lot of catalog design. Um, and I also did a lot of print ads for them. They put a lot of their stuff in, you know, um, it not, not necessarily like place for you to see Nike and things like that, but more of their little niche. But all that to say, I really kind of grew to like the catalog process, which is very similar to a magazine process. I mean, you kind of really can decide, you know, decide what feel you want all the photos to have, what typography. And even in college, one of my favorite pieces of graphic design was for sure editorial. I just, I love editorial design. But yeah, it was probably at that job that I really started to think about the magazine medium and branching out on my own. I wasn't really necessarily thinking, oh, I'm going to quit my job. I want to start something so I can quit my job. It was kind of, I wanted to be a little bit more fulfilled. And I started to think about an online magazine, um, you know, because you can still design and do everything you want to do. Um, and I, you know, talked to some friends and got together with people that were kind of in the blogosphere and was like, what do you think of this? And um, actually, one of my friends uh, from college helped out with the first Truve, which was actually an online issue, which is kind of funny to think about. But it was only a couple pages and it really uh, is very different than what Truve became. But it was kind of a good practice run to see, oh, this is what we, you know, could do with this. Um, but, you know. Uh, then the decision to take it to print and really the decision to take it to print and the decision for me to leave my job and really just kind of give this my all happened at the same time. So that's kind of a long answer to your question. Sorry about that. <laughs> no apologies needed. I mean, I feel like most stories that of, you know, creative, um, especially entrepreneurs like yourself, it's so it's such a winding road. There's really no short abbreviated version you could ever give to like, well, how did you get here? Well, where do I begin? Like, right. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many people involved with it and so many, you know, life experiences and oh, well, this happened to me and this, you know, you know, made this decision, you know, take place. So I mean, there are there's a lot of ins and outs to really you know, even the decision to take it to print. But um, that's kind of the short story of where I was in my life when I decided to start it and uh, where I was when I actually did start it. Because when I really think about Truve starting, it was me quitting my job and taking it to print. Um, that was when Truve really 
began. So do you think creating a magazine like the editorial sort of platform is something that you've always aspired towards? Or um, you said you started as a graphic designer. Can you explain your like relationship between the two? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, as a graphic designer and um, I don't know, you know, different programs are um, as far as graphic design goes, I think my favorite classes were always typography, layout design, composition theory. And a lot of those, you know, you really got to do a lot of editorial type practice, um, book design. That always kind of was my better projects and not just my better projects, but I think the projects I enjoyed the most, which that makes sense. When you enjoy something more, I think you do, I think you do better at it. But yeah, and I think that's kind of really, I mean, I, I enjoyed that, you know, going into graphic design and then in the working world, you know, I was able to do a little bit of it at my job, but was just kind of hungry for more. And then not just hungry for more, but hungry to do it with content that I really enjoyed. I mean, I appreciate sports, but you know, I'm not a sports person. I'm not going to make a sports magazine. Um, now my husband would, you know, if he were a designer, he would, but I think that was a big part of it too. It was, yes, I loved what I was doing at my full-time job, but it was, you know, it was around, it was around sportswear and that just wasn't, wasn't really my full love and interest. And like I said, when you really love something and it encompasses all your interests, you're going to do well at it. You're going to do your best at it. Right. So sports wasn't setting your heart on fire, well as creativity and creative lifestyle is. Exactly. And I mean, some people, I get emails sometimes, you know, people wanting to start a magazine. And I'm always worried when they say, oh, I'm not sure what the theme's going to be. I'm not sure what it's going to be about. And to me, I'm like, hmm you pretty much should have an idea of what you love, what you want it to be. And, you know, when I first thought of Truve, you know, or, you know, I had several different names for it in the beginning, but a lifestyle magazine, I, it kind of the core of what you see in Truve today was there already. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 I already knew I wanted a magazine that revolved around my interests because then I would enjoy doing it. So, uh, that's kind of one thing I'm always interested when people will ask me, you know, for advice about starting a magazine, just make sure it's something you're super passionate about. And like you said, that sets your heart on fire because you're going to be doing it every day. (laughs) Yeah. Might as well be something that you really love anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And if you're doing it just to, you know, fill something in the market or you, you know, think, you know, oh, people buy this. I mean, you might do well, but in the long run, I don't know if you'll be as happy. Yeah, and I feel like it has to be way more fulfilling for you to know that each year you're sending out two, like, really beautiful, curated pieces of goodness for the creative community, um, opposed to, like, you know, the many advertising... Ad, not, I'm not speaking down about advertisement agencies, but... No, no, you know, I, I totally understand. You didn't even have to say what you're going to... I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, it's it, that that's a very true thing. I mean, advertising is something that is needed is something that's helpful and it's just it's part of culture it's been part of culture probably since even way before graphic design people were still advertising in some way but <laughs> it is it, it is not as fulfilling uh to me to me at least it's not as fulfilling right so let's talk about the what's within Truve and like what Truve is so if you could just give a really brief description of Truve in your own words what what would you say um it's a magazine that is full of inspiration. It's not 
words for the sake of words and it's not pictures for the sake of pictures. Uh, each editorial is a story and each story revolves around a person or a group of people. There's never just a cute essay for the sake of a cute essay, which I do love that. I love that in many magazines and read many magazines that do have that. But I wanted Truve to be extremely intentional and every word to really give something to the reader besides just you know, something aesthetically pleasing. Uh, just, I wanted there to be actual content, wisdom, inspiration um, in each page. And I, that's honestly what you will find in Truve uh, through the features. And you'll find the pretty photos and you'll find the beautiful words from our writers, but you'll also uh, leave inspired and enriched. That's a perfect description. I couldn't think of a better one. Um, and I love, I was just obsessing over your online content. Um, I have one of your older, I have like one of your older magazines laying next to me um, that I bought at this really like oddball sort of, not oddball, just a very short lived little curated shop that was right, right, right by my hometown. Uh, but um, so I have one of your print copies, but I also have your online copies. And I've just been obsessing over um, one specific sort of re reoccurring thing online. And it's the hands of um, with with like the different artists and just showing their hands working with their medium. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Yeah, good. Uh, no, that was a piece that actually uh, and a lot of the online content is kind of migration from the print issues. So it's either uh, pieces of editorials that didn't quite, not all the photos made it into the piece, or even like a submission that, you know, didn't make it into the magazine that was still really great. So that's kind of where the online portion lives right now, which is great, you know, because I feel like we can use almost all the content that we receive. Um, now it does take me a while to write back submissions. That's probably my biggest thing I'm working on in 2016 is getting back uh, with emails a little bit better. But, um, yeah, that is how the online person just kind of works. It's kind of, I want it to be an extension of what you see in print. It's like the companion to your print issue. Yeah, that's exactly what I um, uh, was hoping it would be. So good. Yeah, no. And, I mean, Truve really has this strong creative community around it, like, especially online with with um, your hashtag and everything that's been on, like, Instagram. And I love, love, love searching through the hashtags that have accumulated over time. So um, with this, like, creative community around it, like, what? how have you felt, like, embracing the online space versus the print space? Do you think, like, one is a little... Just compare the two, I guess, since you're sort of dabbling in both. Sure. Um, I, I think it's a it's a personal preference for sure. Um, but for me, I do better with, uh, print, uh, online actually can get a little bit stressful for me. And I think part of it is because, you know, I'm the voice of what people think and this it's, it's great. And I, I actually say we and us on purpose because I feel like that's professional and I want them to feel like Truve is a community. It's not just one person, you know, doing everything, which, you know, it is right now, but Um, It is, you know, Instagram especially and uh, social media can get a little overwhelming sometimes. Um, uh, So I feel like I do a little bit better with just actual print um, all around. But I feel like online, there's such a great opportunity for people to express themselves. Um, It's such a great place for people to really show their work and, you know, their talent. And I I love it. I, I I think it's a great medium. But 
as far as Truve goes, I don't, I don't ever want Truve to just be an online presence. And that's part of the reason, you know, the decision to take it to print really just changed everything. It, it changed the whole focus. It's totally your medium for your art, right? Like having yeah. that, having the actual magazine in your hand, it's, it, must, it must feel really like amazing to have that in your hands when it's finally finished. It is. It's a very, it's a scary feeling and it's an exciting feeling. I'm always afraid I'm going to find a typo um, <laughs> right when I open it or it's going to be on the cover or something like that. But no, after the initial anxiety of flipping through it and being like, okay, nothing glaring. Okay, I don't see anything. Then, it, then I'm super excited. It's like having a child and letting it free. I know. I know it is. I've never had a child, but I can only imagine. So, so let's talk about like the joy of like your, that whole feeling. Um, as you sort of have created this community around Truve and had artists be spotlighted and have writers and work with these really creative people, um, do you think there, can you just tell us like a moment where maybe you found like extreme joy in what you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think when you said the, when I get the first copy back of each issue, I think besides the whole process, and I, I always tell people the joy of working on Truve, producing Truve really is putting it together. It's, it's so much fun connecting with people. It's, it's great to get to know artists and their work. And a lot of the times it's people that I've admired for a long time and I end up, you know, being able to feature them in the magazine. So it's really a joy to put it together. But I think that moment when I finally flip through the pages and it's all together and it's printed and it's done, that is just, it's a fabulous moment every time. I mean, it's got to be. How could it not be? I know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's very fun. That's, yeah, that's got to be, like, the most, like, awesome feeling. It's like, I made this. <laughs> well, and that, that the cool part is, you know, yes, I did and uh, spent a lot of hours, you know, working in InDesign and in Photoshop and everything else. But at the same time, I didn't. You know, there's all these contributors, the photographers, the writers, and the people that are featured themselves put so much work into being interviewed. And a lot of the times, you know, they took the initiative and set up a photo shoot and sent me photos that were, you know, ready to go into a a magazine. Um, And it's just incredible. You know, each issue, there's so many people to credit with helping produce it. It's truly amazing. Yeah. So how do you, what do you look for when you're determining uh, what to put in each magazine? Like how do you, each one is so focused on like a particular asset or portion of like the creative lifestyle or creative process. So what, what, uh, what's your sort of like process in even deciding what to include or what to focus for each edition? Um, I think the themes, you know, what to focus on for each issue has kind of really evolved with where I'm at personally with the journey with the magazine, the first theme of volume one was beginnings. And it really just told stories about people that were branching out, doing their own thing, had started something, whether it was, you know, they were successful or failed or, you know, didn't, it didn't work out the first time. And then it worked out the second time, you know, it was just some really incredible stories about people that were starting something and creating something and going out on their own. Um, which was really exactly where I was as an artist and designer um, with starting Truve. Um, and then the second one uh, focused on creating with intention. Just, uh, you know, the more submissions that I got and the more that I was inundated in the creative world and, you know, 
being sent this website and this portfolio and this Instagram, you know, it really, it's kind of funny because you can start to see repetition. And, um, I was just thinking, I'm like, I don't want Truve to be repetition, you know, and I don't want our content to be repetition it needs to be intentional. And I was like, that, that's a good theme. Let's talk about intention. So that's kind of how the team, the theme uh, started to be intentional rather than just kind of, you know, doing something because you've seen it 50 times on a creative Instagram or something like that, really just doing something very intentional. Um, and then the third one was balance, which was, uh, something I really needed in my life, uh, for the six months that I was creating that issue, I was really struggling with balance and it really was just amazing to see the issue come together first of all, and then to get the feedback after that issue, especially because it was kind of a risky theme. Balance is a weird topic to talk about with a lot of people, but I got so many emails from people saying, I love this theme. I love this theme. I struggle with this too. I struggle with this too. So I think, um, I'm just going to keep keeping it real and, uh, talking about things that are interesting and, you know, that I'm working through as an artist myself. Yeah. And they're like sort of bookmarks in your own sort of life, right? Like it's sort of like, yeah, I totally remember this time in my life and this is what I was going through too. And it's just, that's awesome. I feel like it's a great way to bookmark what you're, what you're like emotionally and creatively going through. That's so, that's so awesome. I would have never thought that as a reader, but now that I know that, so cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it's evolved a little bit and this last issue was the process issue which was really just so much fun to put together. And I think it's, it's, it's one of the most fun issues just because it's a behind the scenes of every single person that's featured. They're showing you their process. Um, so that was really cool. And uh, the next one, I think uh, we're going to go with the theme of collections, um, partly because it'll be the fifth issue. And I feel like five is a collection. I don't know why, but like number five to me, it was like, oh, now we have a collection. There's totally, five. So. Totally, totally. <laughs> Um, but I thought that would actually make a really interesting theme collections. So, oh, I'm see. really intrigued. Yeah, I think it can do some interesting and kind of out-of-the-box things. So should be pretty fun. I look forward to every single one. Whenever there's a release, I'm like, oh, yes, best way to spend my money. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so um, if you could list three things that you feel most inspired by, what what would they be? Um, I would have to say... One of the first things that's always inspired me, and even before I was in school, I mean, even as a kid, is that artists from way before, I mean, the Masters, Monet, I, I just, there's so much to be gained from people that have lived a long, long time ago and produced work that is still very current and much loved today. Um, and I, I'm always continually inspired by that. And I think piggybacking off of that would have to be travel. Um, my husband and I have been able to do some uh, trips the last couple years. Um, just our schedule and everything has allowed, and it's been great. And we've gone to Europe a couple times. And I think his job moves us around. Um, my husband, we've moved, let me think, four times in the past five years. Wow. So we've moved quite a bit. But I think also even that, you know, you don't even have to go on a trip all the time, you know, just even moving around is it's very inspiring. So I guess um, the masters and art and travel and probably change those three things would be very inspiring. You are the right place. I feel like <laughs> you're you're speaking to my heart right now. I feel like, um, well, the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast to begin with comes from the idea of where, where inspiration 
and mm-hmm. this creative life intersects with travel and adventure and if it's possible to do them in the real world, you know? And I feel yeah. like so many people um, have nine to five jobs and you said it perfectly. Right. Like you don't always need to book a flight abroad to have an adventure. No, no absolutely not. Just keep your eyes open and be willing to try new things, talk to new people, um, drive a different way that you haven't driven before. And I mean, and even to the the traveling aspect, you know, having a nine to five or, you know, even being in a place, you know, and True was self-funded. So, I mean, there was a good amount of time where things were super, super tight because we were, you know, saving the money to put into the first print and then also to pay the contributors. So, I mean, but if if you're in a position where you're trying to decide if you're going to get a brand new car or are you going to go on a trip, I would say go on a trip. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. me. Me too. I mean, but whatever. I don't know your life, but yeah. But I mean, if you, that's the thing I think, I mean, you know, if you, if there's a will, there's a way you can make it happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. So I guess let's, let's talk a little bit more about travel. Where have you been? Um, we went, the very first trip we took, and it was actually my first time out of the country. We'd been married like two years and I just, I, I grew up in a family of five. So, I mean, we just didn't, it wasn't really an option to go out of the country, you know, growing up. Um, so when we got married, I told my husband, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't want any fancy things or fancy houses. I just want to travel. I want to travel. So, I mean, it was definitely just a high priority of things that I wanted to do. And I'm so glad we did it. Um, but we went to Rome. Um, we went to Brussels, Paris, Dublin, London. And these are uh, not all the same trip, but different trips. London, um, we were in Germany for like a hot second. In each of those places, we did, you know, the museums. Um, and I think the Louvre was an amazing, an amazing moment in my life, just because it, there were so many things that I uh, was quizzed over in art history that I was finally able to see, which was super exciting. Just seeing the Mona Lisa, even from a distance, was just exhilarating. But yeah, totally. And being just being in Europe, the old world is so oh, inspiring. I know. I agree. I agree. It's it's. It's so much fun. Uh, we just, we had a blast every single time, just an absolute blast. Yeah. So is there a particular place that you would go back to or you feel like particularly like connected to that you would want to go back to again? Um, you know, it's funny because my husband and I were actually just talking about this for Christmas. I finally did albums for him of all of our trips. So that's been really fun. We've been kind of reminiscing and going through, through, through them and looking, but he asked me that too. He's like, where do you think? And I, it would be a toss up between Rome and Paris. Um, oh, I love I, that. I, I, I think Paris is kind of like, you kind of feel like you're in New York city a little bit, but you have a lot, a lot more history. Um, but Rome, you feel like yeah, you are in, you're in Italy when you're in Rome, you're in Italy. So I don't know. It's, it's different. It, it's hard to tell, but toss up between those two. Oh, I love that. I, I lived in Rome for a hot second. Um, and oh, it was it was a dream life. It was like totally unreal. My boyfriend and I b- would both look at each other and be like, are we really doing this? Is this, is this so our life? Over there. And the food's great. And oh, everybody yes. stays up so late. And they take naps. Like who takes naps? But they take naps. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just know how to live over there. They're just, they no one's in a rush. Everyone's very like... It's just so lush and beautiful. It literally looks like a movie. Like it does, yeah, 
No, I agree. I agree. I love those. Um, yeah. So, do you think do you think travel can be a muse for artists? Would you say that it it's ever been a muse for you? I, I think it sh- it has to be. I, I think it should be. I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna say, oh, this is what should inspire everybody. But you know, when you asked me uh, a little while ago, those three things that inspire me. Uh, I mean, it, it's just kind of to me, there it's all in one. You know, history and art, and uh, as a creative, just you know, looking back, when you just look around and see architecture when you're traveling or, you know, even something that hasn't been there forever, but you can, you start to really recognize what's quality and what is timeless. And I think that's another thing that's a challenge to me. It's like, when I'm creating something, would I want this to be around 500 years from now? Uh, And it's something to really think about. And that's really traveling and getting out and about really challenges you to think like that. Oh, yeah. And I feel like what you do is a perfect example of that. It's so intentional and so thoughtful that, you know, those those sort of editions of a magazine will definitely way, way, way more stand the test of time than, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to bash any other magazines, but like, you know, your newsstand, you know, Cosmopolitan. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I definitely hope so. And that's that's part of the reason it's, you know, just twice a year as well. You know, I want it to be a coffee table type of piece, like something that people would go back to or have bookmarks in, you know, or have pages folded down. And that's really, you know, even down to the choice of paper, you know, that's what I'm hoping people do with it. Check mark success. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, mine's totally just here. Just like I have, like, I try not to fold the pages cause they are like so well made, but like the little post-it notes and I like definitely ones that I like keep referring to. Yeah. It's good, good stuff, people. Good stuff. Um, so, is there an art form outside of design, editing, or publishing that you're curious about experimenting? I feel like you are so exposed to all these different artists and mediums. Is there anything you feel curious about? Yes. Um, as of late, I've been really interested in taking a pottery class, um, partly because it looks like it's going to be very similar to yoga. (laughs) It'll be a little bit of a stress relief, but then uh, it's something I never was able to try ever. Um, Not high school. I've just never taken a pottery class. So I I think in the near future, I would like to, to try that. Um, And I think there's a few places here locally for sure that I could take some classes. So yeah, that's definitely something I want to try. It does seem really Zen, doesn't it? It just seems so peaceful. Yes. Yes. I, my, my boyfriend is an art teacher, so he's like, he's Mr. Creator, visual artist. Um, and I feel like I work in a lot of the mediums that don't have like a visual representation as much as, you know, a ceramicist or, you know, a a painter. But, um, yeah, he, he has been, he tries to show me like the wheel and everything and it's just getting your hands in there. It's so beautiful to watch. Yes, it, I know. I agree. It's I agree. mesmerizing. And it just looks like, oh, so relaxing. Just looks amazing. Yeah, and you have a, an amazing product when you're done, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally user-friendly. You can actually use it in the real world. It's great. Mm-hmm. I say go for it. You Sign up for a class. That sounds great. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to. Now I'm going to put it on my list now that we talked about it again. I'm going <laughs> to... Put it on my calendar. Laura said I had to, so. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, 
we, we talked a little bit about this, but this is something that I really, really, really like to discuss in every episode. Um, for the people who do work nine to five and maybe not in their passions field, what piece of advice would you send their way? Is there... Is it is there a way for these working creative people to keep that spark alive with these real world responsibilities? Would you have any pieces of advice for them? Yes, I mean, I, I was there. I mean, there completely. And then you know, it, it's interesting because when I was at my full time job, you know, eight, eight, eight in the morning till five at night, and then trying to grow my ideas and save save for Truve on the side. First of all, when I decided to take it to print, I stayed at my job for a while to save up to help pay for the printing. And, you know, I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, well, when I'm finally, you know, working from home, when I'm finally doing this full time, you know, things aren't going to be stressful at all. Well, guess what? (laughs) When I finally uh, got to doing it full time, it's still, I mean, I love what I do with Truve, but it's still very much um, there's a lot of stress involved in it and a lot more stress even when I left the job. So I would just encourage anybody that's at an eight to five and possibly thinking about doing something on the side, doing the best that you possibly can at your job and always looking for ways to improve your craft. And if you're working in a creative field, that's even better. Um, you know, for me, you know, I was always trying to, you know, think outside the box for these sports catalogs design or, you know, think of a new way to uh, do this or, you know, a new font to put with this for this ad or or we could, you know, get this type of model to take this type of shot, you know, and then put this background with it. So, I mean, even that, like, try to find inspiration and do the best you can for your company because I think whenever you strive for excellence, uh, you know, even if you're unhappy or even if you don't like your boss or something like that, at the end of the day, you're going to be so fulfilled just doing your best. Um, and then I'd also say, you know, build yourself a creative community. You know, if you are kind of down and you feel like you can't leave your job for a long time, you don't feel as fulfilled. I mean, go take that pottery class, you know, like I need to do. Um, there's so many ways to stay fulfilled as an individual, um, without just completely upsetting your life. Okay. So let's, Let's end with some silliness. I always feel like the last couple questions are fun, especially for people who might follow Truve or you online and they just want to learn a little bit more about you. Um, So here we go. Two truths and a lie. Tell me three facts that most listeners wouldn't know about you. Um, Two would be true and then one is a lie. And then I have to guess which one isn't true. Hmm. Okay. The first one is I don't like coffee. Um, the second one is a pigeon pooped on my foot when I was in the gardens at the Louvre sketching. And the third, I laid all the tile in my kitchen. Ooh. See, this is tricky because (laughs) I know we've even talked about coffee, about having coffee and reading your book. So, or your, your magazine. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm going to say your lie is your lie is the coffee. I think that maybe <gasps> that is it. You got it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. Maybe you just, that was probably like so obvious. Of course I drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like 
I feel no, it's not obvious at all. I feel like I'm, from doing these interviews, the one thing I've learned is like the more specific they are sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, the I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a hang on it. I just No, that was good. That was fun. I like that. Yay. That might be the maybe the third time I've ever gotten it right. So <laughs> Get it. Well, you're good. Well, coffee's great. Can we all agree? Yes. Coffee's needed, not just great. It's uh, needed. <laughs> Necessity. Yes. Um, so tell me about this. What's up with the pigeon? <laughs> oh, that was like, oh, and I was reminded of it because, like I said, we were looking at those photo albums. It was horrible. Like we were having this fabulous, like creative moment. Like my husband was reading and journaling and I was sketching. I mean, it was totally like an Instagram worthy moment, if you know what I mean. And neither one of us had Instagram at the time. Um, and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, this pigeon just defecated on me. It was disgusting. Oh my God. (laughs) And it was like awful, like to the point where I had to go, I forget where I went because I don't know if they had like water there, but we were in those little gardens, like right outside the Louvre and it was just, it was awful. (laughs) Oh my God. They say that's good luck. If that is any consolation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that hopefully, but it it happened to me. I couldn't believe it, but it happened to me. (laughs) Oh my God. That's great. I feel like that's like dose of reality. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) I, my memory of the Louvre is that I had to pee so bad. Oh. And I could not find a bathroom to save my life because it's so big. I was like, yeah, I it's so crowded too. Like yeah, when you do find the bathroom, you're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I at one point like had to pay to pee. I feel oh. like that was that was a real situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> and you actually laid all the tiles in your kitchen. Yes. Uh huh. Wow. I just did that um, a couple months ago. So we've been renovating. We got bought an older home here in Kansas City and we've been renovating it pretty slowly um and that was one thing I was like I think I can do that and it was fun it was it was pretty fun props that's that's a big task yeah it was it ended up being a little bit big once I got into it it was a little bit bigger of a job than I thought but when it was done I was very very happy (laughs) gosh okay so we've been talking about these dreamy places like the Louvre what would your dream day look like my dream day Um, I think my dream day would consist of ample time creating, uh, working on Trouvé, ample time, uh, either taking that pottery class we were talking about or painting again, doing something like that. And then ample time with my husband. Uh, that's, that's a perfect day for me with good weather, a little bit of exercise, walking and lots of talking. That does sound dreamy. That's a dreamy day for me right there. Isn't isn't time, like, the craziest thing? It's like, if there was endless time, it would be great. Yeah, oh, and and a trip to the grocery store. I actually really like going to the grocery store. That's a fun thing for me to do during the day. It's like, oh, day's almost over. I could go to the grocery store now. Oh, my gosh. You're one of those people. (laughs) Yeah, I like going to the grocery. I mean, I like to cook, and I like to, you know, dinner is really the main meal that we cook. Um, Kind of breakfast and lunch are, ah, crazy, and my husband's gone, and I'm kind of you know, my days are kind of always a little bit different, but dinner is kind of the moment when we can relax and just kind of, and I feel like cooking's creating too. And you, you know, you're actually, you know, creating and getting to use, um, your artistic skills a little bit. So I, I think cooking's great. Oh, absolutely. There is an art to cooking. Yeah. I haven't learned it yet, but I enjoy, uh, practicing. So I feel like you're definitely way more skilled than probably me. 
<laughs> but that I mean, grocery trips are literally the bane of my existence. So hearing that you enjoy them. <laughs> well, I live really close to Trader Joe's, literally a mile, uh, like 1.2 miles away from Trader Joe's. So and Trader Joe's is probably my favorite grocery store. So that helps quite a bit. Um, yeah. Being that close to Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah. TJ's trip on like five minutes sounds sounds nice. <laughs> Okay, so um, if you were a color, since you work with color so much, what would you be? And if you had to, like, name your Crayola, Crayola crayon color, what would it be? Hmm. This is a hard one. This is so hard. I don't even know what my answer would be. It's funny because, it, no, a, a color, like, immediately came to my mind. is not, you wouldn't find this color anywhere in my house. I, I don't even wear it. Um, I don't use it in design a lot of the time, but... I would say, like, my personality would fit with pink. Like, it would be, like, a, a light pink. I don't know why. But, yeah, I think that would be my color. And maybe it would be, like, peppy pink or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can I see it. Pink. Yeah, I think it's pink. I feel like pink is such an – it's an underused color now. But, I mean, Pantone's uh, color is now – I forget what it was. Oh, my gosh. What is it? They're, like – they're two colors – Oh, one is like a really soft, hazy, pinky color. Huh. Um, I was was it last year? It was radiant or- orchid. Yes. I liked radiant orchid. That was really pretty. Yeah, um, it, it was something I don't use a lot, and I thought it was interesting. But I, was that last year? Or the year before? I think I'm not anyway, sure. Yeah, I do like pink a lot, though. I, I, it's a color that makes me happy. But I don't. It's funny. I don't. I don't use it really in anything <laughs> yeah i can't say i do either can't say my so maybe, maybe the next uh cover of will be will be pink <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> oh my gosh i feel like no matter what color it would be it would probably be really beautiful so i'm fine with it go for pink hit it up oh, good good well, <laughs> we'll maybe we'll give it a stab so <laughs> So my favorite question I love to like wrap up most of these interviews with um, is uh, it can be really off the wall and silly or you can go deep and meaningful, totally your choice. So here it is. Um, what do you really and truly love? Well, again, one thing came to my mind like right away and it's going to sound cheesy or, you know, corny, but it, it really is the truth. I mean, it's my husband. He's He's incredible. Like, we've been married seven years, and he's my cheerleader. Uh, he's the other half Truve that n- nobody ever hears about, um, but he's just as much a part of it as I am. Um, and he's amazing. So I'd have to say David. Aww. David Marco. Um, and also chocolate. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on seven years, first of all. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And chocolate forever. Yes, chocolate forever. And and your husband, chocolate and husband. Yeah, yeah. Okay, both. That's it's amazing. Great weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, wrap it up. Um, is there any? I mean, you've talked a little bit about your next issue. Is there anything down the line that we should keep an eye out for? Um, I think that um, one thing I would like to maybe do in 2016 is some type of an event. Uh, so it's something I'm thinking about. It would probably be towards the end of the year. But uh, not necessarily a dinner, but uh, there would be food, of course. There would be chocolate, of course, probably. <laughs> uh, but I definitely want it to be more of, uh, like I said, what I hope the magazine is. I want it to be inspiration. I want it to be 
a place for people to go and talk, to bounce ideas back and forth, to, you know, pick people's brains. So I'm really thinking about how that's really going to play out and what city it should be in or cities. But that's kind of what I'm hoping to do in 2016 is an event extension of the magazine. Keep up to date, you know, with the website and then social media is really where um, I announce, you know, the main things like that. So yeah. And where can we find you online? Um, truebymag.com is the website and then all of our handles are truebymag. Pretty easy. T-R-O-U-V-E-M-A-G. Like the French. The French. Yep. Like the French. Mm-hmm. Yay. Okay. Well, this has been so awesome. I can't even thank you enough. This has been so oh, incredible. You. No, it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed it and it's been fun to think through all this and talk about it. it yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that your first podcast interview wasn't that that's scary. <laughs> no, it was really, really fun. No, I, I, this was this was fun. It didn't feel like a podcaster. It just felt like a fun conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Amanda, for um, agreeing to do this episode. I honestly was so, so appreciative of your time. And wasn't she great, guys? I felt so inspired after this conversation that we had together. And um, Amanda was so kind. She sent over um, their most current uh, issue of Truve to me. And let me tell you, I am still digging through that thing, still marking up exactly what is inspiring me. And you should do the same. Their magazine is available at truvemag.com. Check it out. Treat yourself to one and you will thank me later. Thank you guys for joining us on this super special episode. Um, and again, Ma- Amanda, thank you so much for your time. Um, In the meantime, make sure you check out www.romangolightly.com. Our show notes are available on our podcast section of the website. You can check out the blog for all sorts of related content and resources to help you lead the adventurous creative lifestyle that you crave. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at romangolightly and also on Snapchat where I will be sharing some of my local adventures behind the scenes of what we do here. So guys, I will see you next week for another exciting episode. Our next guest is Whitney Justison. Whitney and I actually um, met via the internet, uh, via a real friend. I feel like there are more and more reoccurring things like this happening with the internet age and friendship. But um, Whitney is a fantastic wanderlusty photographer. She is sort of like a Flickr famous person. She has a beautiful aesthetic. And um, every time I see her photos, I'm super inspired. So we're going to talk about her art form and how she also uses adventure and travel in her everyday life and how she likes to capture everyday loveliness, um, which is something that we believe here at Roma Go Lightly as well. So we'll see you next week. Bye.